complexity in the sense that there's a lot in marketing that emerges over time. A decision made too early is as wrong as a decision made too late. My big advice to my CEO friends has been that you must take marketing as seriously as you take engineering. From Orion X, this is The Marketing Podcast. Marketing has transformed in significant ways. More technology, more data, more social, more blending of arts and sciences, more integrated with every other function, and ultimately more critical to the organization. Join Shaheen Khan and Doug Garnett as they discuss news and happenings in the world of marketing, from the boardroom to customer programs. Everybody, Marketing Podcast here again with Shaheen Khan and Doug Garnett. How are you doing, Doug? I'm doing well, Shaheen. Good afternoon. All right. So we were talking before the show about hiring. So I'll let you tee it up. So I wrote a blog post a few years back about how we tend to hire people in marketing according to stereotypes. I think it's a real human thing. I think that as humans, in fact, stereotypes play a lot of different roles for us in addition to the horrible ones. And we got to admit they are horrible, a lot of them, in simplifying things. But there's a real danger in any company that we hire people according to stereotypes rather than according to the person and what they'll do. And I think we see it particularly in marketing because so many people who aren't in marketing aren't sure what to expect of it. So I ended up calling them caricatures, you know, like (laughs) comic book characters that uh, Uh represent marketing. And in my blog post, I've talked about, and the top one I hear back from my students is the TED Talk guru. He or she's the marketer, wears the headset, has the mouthpiece, strides on the stage with highly simplistic answers that are guaranteed to lead to success and often is gone within about six months to a year because simplistic answers aren't right. You know, Mm. Um, we also have the engineer turned marketer, which there are engineers turned marketer, yours truly being one. But I frustrate engineers because I thoroughly have gone over to the dark side of marketing and I love the vagaries of people and human behavior. But, uh, you know, that's another kind of stereotype. We have the great communicator where it's all about advertising and that's all that person does is either advertising or social media, of course, being the new version of that. And then I think the other nefarious stereotype is this person was just successful someplace else. You know, (laughs) it's kind of like, why would you think that that success can be moved to your your company and work. But I see a lot of people that go for that. And I think you see this most often or most clearly at, at startups. Mm-hmm. You know, when I watch startups hire marketing people, oh God, it just seems like this parade of stereotypes. You know, you can look at almost at them and say, well, hmm, wonder what stereotype was heavy at that company that day. Just to wrap up the thought, what it misses is that you need the right marketing temperament. And a marketing temperament is thoughtful, is action-oriented, will take action at the right time, but at the same time knows when to wait and when to observe. And sometimes can really frustrate people who want instant action or believe that there's magic potions and magic pills to make everything better. A great marketer is going to be looking at the long term and wanting to do things mm-hmm. right for survival today while also setting up the long term. And that can be frustrating to a lot of people who aren't marketers. But yeah. Uh, Anyway, there you go. There is the fundamental idea. That's excellent. What this reminds me of immediately is that famous paper in Harvard Business Review by Regis McKenna, Mm -hmm. something like more than 30 years ago at this point. And the title of it was Marketing is Everything. And listeners of this show, if you haven't read it, please go do it. It's a great read. And it's incredible how relevant it continues to be 
But if marketing is everything, well, then it's a really difficult job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that, of course, makes it even more serious that you have to not go for the stereotype, but find the, I don't know what you call it, the whole person that kind of works for where you're at. So one way to describe marketing is that it connects products to customers. Yeah. It connects what you're selling to who's buying it. And as a result, at one end of the spectrum, you've got product. And I think that's where an engineering background can immediately be helpful. Absolutely. It's a suitable initial stop for someone coming from engineering to marketing. And many have done that. The other end of the spectrum is really customer oriented. And then if you have a sales background, you can come in marketing. So on one end, you've got product facing. The other one is customer facing. And then the third one is what I call market facing. Mm -hmm. When you look at competition and influencers. And if that's the spectrum, then I think it is important to develop skills for the function that you are going for, whether it's product management or product marketing or advertising or Marcom or outbound or demand gen or PR or whatnot. But it is also important to develop the perspective that goes from product to customer. And that requires that you understand the product as deeply as you can and you understand the customer as deeply as you can. And that means that you need to have curiosity about both ends of that spectrum and what role you play in shrinking that distance. And I think that's part of where it gets so difficult because if you look through those, to understand the product thoroughly, you need to really be able to look at the technical parts of what the product is. You don't have to be able to create it, but you have to be able to talk about it. And you gotta be able to sit and talk turkey with the engineers about it or the designers or whoever. At the same time, you have to understand the fundamentals of human behavior. Why do people take actions that might appear irrational to other people? Why do people make choices based on things that aren't what we told them were most important? You know, all those vagaries that are part of the consumer and you kind of end up having to bring both of those together. I think that maybe is really key as to why it's so hard to hire good marketing, especially CMOs Mm. or fundamentally great marketing people is it's kind of a unique combination of skills. It's not common always to find those skills in the same person. Right. Or enough sensitivity for the person to maybe work people side of it, but thoroughly respect the product side. I do know that for me, one of the things I'm most disappointed that these days is it feels like, at least in consumer goods, we've lost respect for the importance of the product in that mix. And maybe it's the dominance of consumer advertising, which is these days the creative becomes the differentiation almost, rather than making a good product that people want to buy and make good creative that leads people to want to buy that product. So it seems like somehow in the consumer end of the world, we've kind of lost sight of the product as a core value. On the other hand, we fight the problem that can come from the engineer marketer, which is perfecting the product is not enough. You cannot perfect the product and succeed the market. So there are errors everywhere, I suppose. I think part of the reason that happens is that it is easier to put yourself in the place of a customer Mm -hmm. and say, well, if I were to buy this, what would I do? Even if you might not be the typical buyer or the target buyer and you are not going to buy, you can always pretend that you would be in the market for something like this. But it is much harder to say, what would I do if I were to design this product? Mm -hmm. That requires a lot more specialized skills that you would do well to be curious about. I think even in the B2C world, it is better to understand the product than to not understand the product. 
Yeah, I mean, working with marketers, it absolutely is. There's no question about it. The, the really great B2C marketers I've worked with thoroughly understand product and understand its value to the customer. And at the same time, spend hours in stores and hours in focus groups and mm -hmm. they really want to learn both sides. And interestingly, too, they also have warm relationships with engineering that right. they I've sat in meetings with marketing and engineering where they're really fun because all we care about is finding the right answers and right uh, yeah. bringing the best. But it really is important to recognize that the spectrum of skills required to do marketing from product management, dealing with production, if it is a production thing, engineering, formulation, packaging, etc., all the way to customer-facing advertising, PR, demand gen, influence, and product marketing, competitive analysis, all the things that we mentioned, that spectrum is really very wide. So you're not going to find easily folks who are going to be good at it everywhere, right? And when you talk to people who think that way, it's because they are good at it everywhere and mm -hmm. it becomes more about their particular unique capabilities rather than how you would staff up marketing. So I think it is quite fine to specialize and be good at the function within marketing that you're going to excel at. And then over time, have peripheral vision to understand the whole thing better. And that makes you eligible for advancement until we get to the CMO, where you could have a particular background, but you have a solid understanding the entire ballgame. You know, one of the things I think that's hardest for the rest of the company to comprehend in this is that on top of all that, a marketer has to deal well with complexity. Ah, you know, my favorite topic. <laughs> um, right. But complexity in the sense that there's a lot in marketing that emerges over time. And a decision made too early is as wrong as a decision made too late. The problem is trying to have the wisdom to know when to make the decision. And what I see in great marketers is they know when to table a decision, when to mm -hmm. hold off. But the other thing they know to go with that is when the time comes, stay out of their way because they'll be absolutely committed to executing, executing with force and executing well. And that's a weird balance. You know, most people mm -hmm. don't think of, of need to be able to be kind of like, look like you're passively waiting and then all of a sudden leap into firm, aggressive action. Right. Um, but right. it's actually a need in marketing. How you tell the difference between lazy people who just aren't doing anything and people who are observing and waiting, that's a capability in itself to be able to evaluate the difference. Very much is. This kind of reminds me of another rant. I have tweeted about this where I say, over the past literally 10 years or more, my big advice to my CEO friends has been that you must take marketing as seriously as you take engineering. Now, nobody hires a summer intern and expects a big, solid software product. Right. You have an intuitive understanding that you need engineering, you need QA, you need phase exits, you need beta program, et cetera. But there are too many CEOs who think they're going to hire a summer intern and they've got marketing. And they, they have to understand that it's a really big deal and it's become even a bigger deal. And of course, that makes the job of the CMO even more difficult. So let's talk a little bit about hiring CMOs and... Okay. what it takes to do that. You mentioned that many of them don't last. My joke is that they are radioactive material and they have a half-life of nine months and within 18 months, they've been depleted. So. <laughs> God, it, it's, it's such a thick question in a way. I think there's a very large part of it that is that the CMO is the odd man out in the C-suite. 
because the CMO is the person that's most dependent on fuzzy values. As a CMO, you can't execute a project with complete projections for what's going to happen. You make a change in the factory, you better have complete projections for how that's going to affect things. As CMO, you're searching, you're toying, you're testing, you're pushing, and then you're finding the things to grab onto to create success in the long run. But it's very hard to explain all that in advance. And so CMOs, I think, would do one of two, well, one of several things. One is they'll promise too much, right? So I'm going off to play all this and so I promise it's going to be perfect. Just give me three months. And they're wrong. Or the CMO goes fad hopping. Hey, I just saw this new fad. Did you know if we started a blog that we'd be perfect? Or, you know, whatever it happens to be. And that also is wrong. You know, or the CMO can attempt to explain what's really going on and get these glazed over looks from the rest of the C-suite. It's a tough job. And I think, uh, you know, I don't blame companies for that because managing a company is a really tough job. But I do think particularly the CMO is an odd man out in the C-suite because what they deal with is so different. It's much more like being in HR almost than being in any of those others. Although in HR, you can have fairly rigid practices to deal with Mm. the oddities of people. In marketing, those people whose oddities we have to respect are our customers, and you don't get to have hard and fast rules about your customers. That's right. And marketing interfaces and interacts with all the other functions. Yes. Right? So in a way, marketing really is at the core of the company because it has to work with all other functions in a central way. And in that sense, it sort of mimics the CEO's role. And this is why I think that when marketing is effective is when the CMO and the CEO are highly aligned. Well, and I think when there's a a vision from the C-suite about how marketing is allocated within the company, I do think we don't talk enough about how marketing is not entirely done by the marketing department. That in every company, there's decisions that are made in engineering that are actually marketing decisions. And I'm not blaming them, right? This is just, it's natural. Uh, Tim Ambler wrote a book back in, I think, 2001 about marketing and metrics and measurements. And there, you know, they did a study of all these companies and they came back and said the interesting thing was every company splits it up differently. So what we would call marketing, you know, who's doing this function, where is that reside? So the difference between the marketing department and marketing in total needs to be understood at the C-suite level and very rarely is. Right on, right on. I call this the gray market and the black market of marketing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That there's a lot of marketing happening in an organization that isn't in the marketing department. Sometimes you have visibility to it, and sometimes you don't even know it's happening as a CMO. And that's just the way it is. So a company can be doing excellent marketing without even having a marketing function. Not likely, but it's possible. Well, it also leaves, the, you know, the danger, of course, in it is it leaves a lot of decisions in the hands of people who don't have the experience or instincts for that specific type of decision. And you just have to be wary of that, mm-hmm. aware that that can be happening. And marketers need to be able to come in on it. Because I say back to the CMO's role, the challenge with the gray market or black market marketing, whichever one we think is off the books, is the CMO then gets blamed if it goes wrong. And you know, in some ways, I think one of the things companies do is they hire a CMO and assign marketing responsibility to him and then don't give him marketing or her marketing responsibilities. They give them part of it and then blame them for not having 
created a whole set of marketing that, that works. Um, I'm going to make one other thought about marketing and why this gets so difficult compared to the rest of the company too, which has really struck me that, you know, in complexity, you have the idea that the whole is more than or different than a sum of the parts. And what companies have to do is create an excellent whole. That's what we're after. That's what gives us profit. The challenge is marketers are the ones that figure out whether we've done it. And it makes marketers, puts you in a tough position. Because very often we're the ones coming back and saying, no, product doesn't work. You right. know, people don't want it. And we're the ones that see whether or not all this hard work everywhere else has delivered a whole. And there's nothing worse than being the deliverer of bad news. But that also is indicative of some lack of process upfront, yes. upstream. Yeah. Absolutely. Because if marketing is not in on it from the very beginning... If you are a big enough company, you've got a formal MRD, PRD, marketing requirements document, product requirements document, phase exits, capability envelopes. Well, in market research all along and, you know, ways that, to right. pre-understand right. pre what's going to happen when it hits the market. Right. So yeah. then you build a product with the specifications that you know or expect will work in the market. And you know that if those specifications come six months later, the marketing budget had better be twice what it was to make right. up for it, right? Mm -hmm. So there is, there's all of that, but that usually is what it indicates. You know, what I note there with the, you know, that it kind of comes back to bite and marketing is the one discovering how good the whole is, is there are a lot of companies that don't integrate that well or that have all the documents, but give engineering, for example, control of those. I had a project once where we came back and said, this product's a great product for the market, but it can't be priced over 30 bucks. And they went off to develop it and they came back to us and said, it's done. We want you to advertise it. It's 49.95. And I blew my stack. What happened? You know, we know it doesn't work at 49.95. Well, the right. engineers built it. Well, the hole that you're trying to deliver is not going to be picked up by the market. That's care. right. That's right. So those are boundary conditions that if they are breached, you have to really go back to the drawing board yeah. and a proper organization would have that. Yeah. A proper organization mm -hmm. knows not to blame the marketing department for this, but take it as an opportunity to make the whole thing better. But talking about sort of the qualities that we expect from marketing and from a CMO, a related fact, of course, is the price. What is the cost of marketing? We've touched on it in a couple of episodes ago. But let's talk about the cost of marketing because everybody is inclined to want it on the cheap and then it doesn't work. <laughs> Do I get to use your quote this week or are you going to use the quote? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Shaheen <laughs> tweeted out this week that more with less will asthmatically approach everything with nothing. Now I know which code you meant. <laughs> yes. yeah, sorry about that. But, but it is true that we're in the middle of a big phase in companies where everything is about efficiency. I start my students off in marketing class with you cannot efficiency yourself to success, not long-term success. You can do nice in the short term sometimes with efficiency and efficiency is not unimportant. Don't get me wrong. It's not unimportant. But your comment is absolutely true that the more you pursue deliver more for less price, you're really getting to the point of give everything away for free and watch the company go under. That is the natural outcome of that as a strategy. So I think, you know, people forget that somehow. And I suppose part of it is, and my students will confirm this, that it's a lot easier to focus on efficiency. There's good metrics. There's good ways to prove efficiency. It makes for really nice Six Sigma program goals. You know, it fits all kinds of things well, 
Whereas building a product that has a lot of value and customers will pay plenty of money so you make a good profit is a lot more squirrely. How do you know that? How do you develop that over time? You're beginning to deal with the true complexities that are required for business success. So people retreat into efficiency almost. I want to recommend uh, folks to go look up the CFO, CMO conversation that we had with Alistair couple of years ago now, yeah, mm-hmm. because a lot of those metrics really come from the finance department because they have all their metrics and it's easy to measure spending and it's easy to measure revenue and you can use that to try to squeeze things. But if you compromise quality, then you have to be really careful. So does this lead us, Shaheen, to that question that you were talking about on Twitter about is marketing a cost or an investment? Right. I think it was another tweet that posed it as a question. And my response was that if you think it's cost, don't spend it. Nobody's making anybody spend money on marketing. Nobody put a gun mm-hmm. to your head. Don't spend it. See what happens. Maybe it's fine. And if you do spend it, then there was a reason why you spent it. There was a reason why you arrived at that conclusion. There's your ROI, right? If it made you feel better, okay, the fact that you felt better is the return you got. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, I know somebody who once made a billboard for a political campaign. They designed a billboard and it had the candidate's face on it. And they only put up one billboard and it was on a street on the way out of the candidate's neighborhood. So the candidate would see it every morning. Um, (laughs) You know, that has tremendous value supporting the confidence and the you know, the self-belief of the candidate. You can see that as a smart choice. I don't know how it all worked out, but I think you can see that as a smart choice. I think also you observed earlier that this question is also kind of formulated in the wrong way, right? In a cost versus an investment, because it kind of gets formulated in terms of finance. And marketing is a much thicker, more difficult thing. And if all we're looking for from marketing are pure bottom line pennies, then we're not looking at it right way. Marketing creates this whole set of things that then become levers that we can use in the future and that pay out for us. And you have to be both, of course, making your numbers as you go along. You can't go into bankruptcy. That's not allowable. But at the same time, merely surviving is not enough if you're going to thrive in the future. And so marketing has to be an investment in the future Whether you can put it in investment terms that a finance team would like, I doubt. I just, I don't think that's really how it fits. And the other part of it is that sometimes it's a jacks or better situation. That what you're trying to accomplish, the rock you're trying to move is a million dollar investment. Okay, maybe you can do it for, you know, 980, but it's that order of magnitude. And if you try to do it on the cheap, you're just not going to succeed. And it doesn't matter what you do. And sometimes it's cumulative. You don't succeed until you get to that millionth dollar and then it starts happening. Uh, well, it is true. Sometimes, sometimes you have yeah. to build to a point. This is the weird one that throws a lot of people off. Sometimes if you want to be able to measure it, you have to spend more. And I generally had a sense that when we were dealing with big retailers, that if you didn't spend a million dollars over a period of two months, you know, that short of a time, you were not going to be able to measure a national impact at that retailer. And I'd have clients that said, oh, no big deal. Then they did, you know, spend 500000 and come back and say, well, how come we're not seeing any impact at the retailer that's measurable? Right, exactly. Yeah, and my yeah. answer is, yeah, yeah. look, the impact is there. 
but you can't see it because you didn't spend enough to see it. It takes, you know, that spending. Another thought I have is that, you know, I I saw, I had one client who spent a lot of money on a radio host and it was like, I've forgotten the guy's name right now. He's, you know, long gone, but they spent this money and it was quite a bit of money and he read these ads and they were great ads and things like that. When it came down to it, we don't think it moved the needle for the customer very much, but it was proof to retailers that they were on the map. And because of that, they got mm-hmm. retail distribution. And you can't, that's a priceless distribution. That's so, yeah. you know, was it worth that money? Of course it was worth that money. Yeah. Now, if they went off to say exactly how many units did I sell because of that, it's fuzzy. You could never calculate it. But the difference between I have retail distribution and I don't have retail distribution Huge. is massive. Huge. Yeah. Huge. And so, It's hard. So we can conclude with this then, because now you need to have realistic expectations. Mm -hmm. You need to have sufficient investment spending, just sheer dollars. And you need high quality execution by a team who understand the whole spectrum. Yes. And that's really the challenge. Sometimes the quality isn't there. Sometimes the spending isn't here. But more often than not, what marketing folks intimately know is unrealistic expectations with insufficient spending. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think every marketer in history would just shake their head at that one because they know it. I mean, we all know it. That, uh, I've been there. I've know. seen it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's just, it's kind of crazy. It's, well, we just get this on TV, it'll work. Okay, how much you know, do you want to spend on TV? $100,000. You're not going to achieve anything. And that's really where the quality of execution comes in is that marketing yes. people need to set the expectation up front that you need to do this right or it won't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. All right. As usual, thank you everybody for listening and keeping us going and like, share, etc. Thank you, Doug. Thanks, you. That's it for this episode of The Marketing Podcast. Every episode is posted on orionx.net and shared on social media. Use the comments section or tweet us with any questions or to propose topics. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The Marketing Podcast is a production of Orion X. Thank you for listening.